on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network. From Learfield, welcome to Marquette Thursdays, live from Motorsports Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Brought to you by Marquette Athletics Champion Partners, Aurora Healthcare, helping you to live fully, Pepsi, and Wintrust, Wisconsin's Bank, the official bank of Marquette. Now, here is your host, Jen Lotta. We are so happy to have so many of you with us tonight for Marquette Thursdays, coming to you live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum in downtown Milwaukee. Enjoy great food and drink specials all night long. Make sure to join us on select Thursday nights throughout the season to hear from head coach Shaka Smart and his players. Our next show, mark your calendars, February 22nd, and we will feature David Joplin. All right, just like that, guys, it is now eight straight wins in a row for your Golden Eagles after a very hard-fought victory over Butler on Tuesday. 78-72, the final score there. Marquette improves to 19-5. and But let's go in Doc Brown's DeLorean for just a moment here. Five weeks ago, Marquette dropped its last matchup against Butler at Pfizer Forum, a game where Shaka's crew only shot 16% from three, while Butler went 46% from downtown. And we remember, players had to take a good, hard look at themselves. There was a players-only meeting at Chick-fil-A that we've talked about, and just kind of reevaluate how they were approaching the game. And... Since then, Coach, things have been going very well for you and your squad. So I want to start there. How much did the last outcome against Butler at Pfizer Forum, how much did that motivate the squad when they took the court on Tuesday night? Yeah, anytime you play the team that beat you the last time, there's a, definitely a level of motivation that the guys feel. Our guys are very prideful. Uh, they know that that wasn't one of our best games. They know that we didn't necessarily uh, have the right spirit or energy that night. And... You know, sometimes that can be a great learning experience because as human beings, you know, you realize it doesn't just happen. You've got to make it happen. Um, and I really was proud of the way that our guys approached uh, that game from the very beginning. What did you see in the film that you were able to exploit to your advantage the second time around? Uh, I mean, honestly, we just played harder. We were more connected. Uh, we were less caught up in things outside of our control. Uh, and as I tell the guys all the time, the basketball gods allow you, you know, to make shots and make plays uh, when your spirit is right, your energy is right, you care about the guys around you, you're focused on making them better. Cam Jones banked in a three late in the game, and I told him that was a direct result of him bringing the right energy to the game. I thought his attitude was phenomenal. He had every reason to kind of mope around, being in foul trouble throughout the game, uh, having some stuff not go his way. But he was a phenomenal teammate, and you can kind of go down the line. I thought Jops' intensity and aggressiveness on defense was huge. He only scored nine points, which for him is pedestrian, but his defensive approach helped us win that game. He had the eye of the tiger. Uh, we showed the team this picture of him. Today, you know, we're big on the gladiators in the crowd, and you could see Jop on the court walking. He had this mean look on his face, and then you could see all the whole crowd in Hinkle Fieldhouse and he just had a look at determination, and that's what it's all about. I like that on Marquette's social media channels, you guys showed your team warming up at Hinkle. Everybody knows the history there. Why is it such a tough place to play? Well, I think every venue in the Big East is a tough place to play, maybe for different reasons, but 
they've got great crowd. Uh, you know, the people in Indiana are very knowledgeable about about basketball. They know their they basketball. They love basketball in There's, Indiana. Oh, they do. They love it. There's a history there. But there was a lot of Marquette people there, and it was it was amazing. Before the game, Marquette fans broke into a "We Are Marquette" uh, chant, and then the Butler students they didn't didn't take too kindly to that. Uh, but it was great, you know, hearing that presence and feeling that even being on the road. Um, and the guys really did a good job coming together. This was another game where my anxiety started to climb as we got closer and closer to that final buzzer. Late in the game, your 12-point lead shrinks to two in the final three minutes. All of a sudden, the Hinkle crowd is smelling blood in the water. It feels like the walls are closing in. How valuable is it for your team to go through that sort of situation as you approach the home stretch of the regular season and then look towards tournament play? Well, I mean, that's, that's life on the road. I mean, we saw it at Villanova. We saw it at St. John's. Um, you know, you're, you're not going to just kind of skate through with an easy win on the road in this league. Um, you know, you have to stay tough. You have to stay resilient. And, you know, you got to stay together. Be able to battle through some adversity, you know, some calls that don't necessarily go your way. Um, you know, we're last in the conference in, in free throw attempts. Mm. And, uh, you know, our guys feel some kind of way about that. Uh, because we're in the top two in the country in points of the paint. Uh, and that's, that's kind of a confusing pair right there. Mm -hmm. But you know what? Win anyway is our approach. And that's the mentality that the guys took. Um, you know, I thought they did a really good job down the stretch. Uh, making free throws and and doing what we needed to do to win the game. Well, to your point about your post presence, you had said in your post game press conference that Butler's plan was to make you guys finish around the basket, which it seems like you uh, accepted that challenge, turning in 46 of your 78 points in the paint compared to Butler's 20. How does a performance like that inside affect your team's confidence? Again, as you continue through a very difficult stretch of Big East play. Yeah, I mean we're just playing how we play. So the other team's going to decide how much they want to help. And when Tyler or any of our other guards or even Oso drives the ball, if they don't help, then, you know, it's, it's time to score. And so we did a nice job of getting to the basket. We actually missed a lot of, you know, easy shots in the, in the first half and then a few in the second half. Uh, but we obviously finished enough to score 46 points in the paint. And I thought Tyler did a really good job imposing his will. Uh, he had a huge, huge three late in the game where they kind of loosened up and went underneath an action, and he was able to hit the three. And then on the very next possession, we ran the same play with a little bit of a twist to it, where now Tyler set a screen for Oso. And for all the Marquette fans out there, this is unique, you know, to be able to go back-to-back -back plays with Oso going into a dribble handoff with Tyler, Tyler making the play and scoring, and then on the very next play, Tyler setting the screen for Oso, and Oso attacking and getting the three-point play. Um, was huge. Yeah, we talk about the three-pointers in that game. Butler hit five threes in the first half. Did that success that they were having from outside change your defensive approach at all? No. No, I mean, just try to be better. Uh, you know, there's a couple different ways to look at, you know, when, when a team is having success against something you're, you're trying to do. Um, and it's all part of a larger context because – you know, you have to defend the three-point line. You've got to keep the team off the foul line. You've got to defend the paint. So those are three different things that sometimes work against each other. But, you know, it's um, do it better, do it harder, sub, 
and then maybe change what we're doing. Um, but, you know, it starts with you got, you got to do it better, you know, and, and, and find a way to make them miss. Um, and I thought our guys did a better job of that down the stretch. I like this. Do it better, do it harder, sub, meaning bring in a different lineup or a yeah. different player to play that position, and then change what you're doing. That's because you're so confident in what you've, how you've well, prepared. Well, you know, we have our way. You know, UConn has their way. Everyone has their way. Butler has their way. Uh, in fact, it says in Hinkle Fieldhouse, the Butler way. And so you can't just willy-nilly just change what you're doing because over a stretch of five minutes, the other team's having success about it against it. You've got to do it better, and you've got to do it harder. Uh, this is the Big East. This is not, you're not just going to tiptoe around and hope things are going to work out in your favor. And so... You know, I, I think that our guys have learned that through experience. Our older guys, you know, our freshmen are going through it right now and learning that, you know, there's no way out but through in these situations. You talked about calls, and I know that you talked about going through some adversity. Some of that was self-inflicted. The assists in the first half were not very Marquette-like. You have talked always about how the best EGB is an assist in passing. But you guys only had four in the first half. How much did that contribute to what was a two-point game? At yeah, the let, me, let me make sure we have this straight. Passing is the number one EGB. Okay. An assist is a pass to someone who scores. Right. So if I make a good pass to you, that's absolutely an EGB. If you don't score, it's not an assist. Okay. So you understand the difference? Yeah, of course. Now, if the other team plays defense the way that Butler played defense in the first half, we're not going to shoot a lot of threes. I think we shot like a handful of threes in the first half. And we're not going to have as many assists because they were like staying home on players. And so it was like, okay, you're going to have to drive and attack one-on-one. -on -one. And we did get a lot of layups. We got a lot of shots around the basket. And so it wasn't so much that we were playing selfishly. We were just taking what the, the defense gives us. All right, so 15th in the nation in the assist-to-turnover ratio, which is another thing that people pay attention to this time of year. How have you liked that aspect of your game? You guys always talk about being active, the deflections, winning the 50-50 balls. Have you liked how your team has shown that energy over the last yeah, stretch? Our guys do a great job playing together, sharing the ball. Um, you know, we, we don't have one guy on our team that is a selfish player from the standpoint of, you know, forcing shots when they should move the ball and, and, and run our offense. There's certainly times where there's a missed read or two, um, and we need to keep getting better at that. And, and there's times where we missed a shot that, that, that we, we'd like to get. But I think for the most part, our guys do a great job sharing the basketball. And I noticed that your team was also wearing these Project 44 shirts when you were at Butler, which was obviously an initiative for the Butler squad, yeah. for the Butler program. Why was it important for you to also take part in that? Well, because they asked us to. Uh, there was a young man named Andrew Smith uh, that actually I coached against when he played at Butler. Um, he played for Brad Stevens and, and those teams, you know, maybe about 12, 14 years ago. And, you know, unfortunately he passed away, um, you know, from terminal illness. And they've, they've put together this whole uh, initiative around him and his name and his legacy. And they've done an unbelievable job raising money, um, you know, to fight that disease. And they've asked us as an opposing team to come in and, and wear those shooting shirts. So, of course, we were going to take part in it. What does that say about the Big East? I think there are places that would say no, like... 
that's your thing. We're coming into your place. Our goal for the evening is to beat you. We don't want to take part in your initiative. What so we had a player that said no. I won't tell you who it was, but he didn't know. <laughs> was it a competitive thing? No, no. He didn't know about the, the initiative. Story. He just, you know, we don't necessarily tell these guys, like, the million and one details that go into everything we do. Just, hey, you guys wear these shirts. And, you know, it's, it's something that we're going to do to support Butler. So he's like, I'm not wearing that. And I, I said, yes, you are. Put it on. And so he put it on. No problem. Uh, but, yeah, it says a lot about the Big East. We had a guy when I was at Texas, it was a, probably the hardest thing I've ever gone through as a coach, um, diagnosed with leukemia in the middle of his sophomore season and was out for a long, long time, uh, you know, almost two years. Then he came back, and the way that the opposing teams and schools treated him when he came back it was very heartwarming, and, and so that really says something when, you know, usually you guys are at each other's throats and, and attacking each other, but when something bigger than sports or bigger than basketball comes up, if you show, you know, a demonstration of care and concern, that's, that's, a, that's a great gesture. I believe ESPN's College Game Day did a feature on that young man. I don't know if you recall who the reporter was on that story. That's right. That's right. You did a good job. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Much more with Shaka Smart coming up here from Motor Bar and Restaurant as Market Thursdays roll on. Folks, enjoy an artfully stylish experience at St. Kate the Arts Hotel with deluxe accommodations, culinary creativity, on-site art galleries, and nightly live music. You'll enjoy every element of your stay at St. Kate. Learn more at stkatearts.com. That's stkatearts.com. More with Shaka Smart. Plus, we have Sean Jones coming up. Stick around. <laughs> We are back here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Marquette Thursdays with Shaka Smart. Sean Jones will be joining us momentarily as well. Marquette fans, Buffalo Wild Wings is the official viewing party location for Marquette Road Games this season. Check out the Golden Eagles watch party schedule at gomarquette.com forward slash BWW. The next watch party is February 17th at the South 27th Street Buffalo Wild Wings. Of course, Marquette taking on UConn at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Did y'all know that Marquette was taking on UConn this weekend? It feels like it's kind of a big game. I'm hearing people say it is the biggest game in college basketball thus far. So great for our Marquette Golden Eagles to be a part of it. Marquette teams will actually be facing three number one teams over the course of three days. You've got Saturday with the men's basketball team taking on UConn. Then the men's lacrosse team on Sunday is taking on number one Notre Dame. And on Monday, the women's lacrosse team is taking on number one Northwestern, but all eyes in college basketball will be on the Big East as Marquette takes on UConn. Strangely, and this is kind of a quirky scheduling thing, y'all haven't played each other for the Big East schedule, but you will play each other in a matter of days, this game, and then when they come to Pfizer Forum, the game having all the makings of an absolute classic. But Shaka, I noticed when you were talking about the game and you were asked about the game, you called it a fun challenge. And the word fun popped out to me. Why was it important for you to include that adjective when talking about this game? Well, I think that the approach you take towards a challenge is absolutely pivotal to, you know, the way you go about things and the way you carry yourself, the way you affect the people around you. Cam Jones said to me today after practice, we were in the weight room, and he said, I remember as a kid waking up on Saturday morning and turning on the TV and just being so excited about watching a matchup of top 10 or top five teams. He said, now I'm going to be playing in the game. And so I think he speaks for all of us when he was saying, 
hey, look at it the way that the young version of you would, would look at it, that, wow, this is awesome that I get a chance to participate in this game. And certainly for us going on the road, it's, it's a heck of a challenge. Uh, UConn has a tough environment. Uh, their fans, you know, really, really get after you. Um, and it's a place where they have an expectation, a very, very high expectation of winning. Um, so it'll be, like I said, a fun challenge. It's a fantastic story. I love that Cam has that perspective. You have also stressed the importance of being present. So you have the game against Butler earlier this week. Did you have to have any conversations with your guys about let's not look ahead, let's stay in the moment, the human nature is to start thinking about the big one on the schedule, but we can't afford to do that? I talked to the guys about it a couple times, and they looked at me like I was crazy. Um, and, and that's because... Butler beat us the last time. So they, they're like, are you kidding me? Like, I'm a competitor. You know, we got something to say about this next game. So I appreciate that about them. And there was no lack of presence whatsoever on Tuesday night at, at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And that says something about our guys' maturity. Uh, as I've been saying all year long, there's a difference between the gladiators and the crowd. Our guys are gladiators. When you're a gladiator, you have to be present. Otherwise, bad things are going to happen to you. When you're in the crowd, you certainly can look forward, look back, you know, look to different places, and there's really no negative consequences or repercussions. So here we go. We had practice today. Uh, it's Thursday, and, you know, we've got practice again tomorrow, and then we'll travel out there and, and uh, get ready to roll. So earlier in this conversation, you were talking about how the Big East road venues are all challenging places to play for their own reasons. We talked yes. about Hinkle and the uniqueness of that spot. And then the XL Center is probably most comparable to Pfizer Forum in that it's like 18,000 people and they will be rowdy. I love this acronym and I haven't heard it I wouldn't compare it to Pfizer. No, Pfizer is, of course, way better. But I mean, just from a numbers standpoint. Yeah, I, I guess so. Um, and maybe it's because I'm at Pfizer as a home coach. <laughs> And, and there as a, as a visiting coach. But it, I wish that this wasn't on the air and I could tell you and everyone in the restaurant exactly the difference between the different places uh -huh. and the things that you hear and the tenor of the communication <laughs> from the opposing crowd. Because really, everyone is slightly different. And you know, some of it's based on where it is in the country. Uh, some of it's based on just you know, maybe regional differences or the way that the, those fans feel about that program. Um, but this is certainly one where they take a lot of pride in getting after you. Again, they have an expectation of winning. They got a bunch of national championship banners, men's and women's, up in that building um, because, you know, that's they feel like, hey, this is what we do. This is who, who we've been. And on the men's side, they just did it you know, less than a year ago. I remember being at a game at the XL Center in Hartford. It was the Marquette-Murray State uh, um, tournament game. Did not go well for Marquette, so maybe I also feel a certain sort of way about that building and that crowd. Yeah, John Morant can do that to you. <laughs> He's very good, as we have seen him in the NFL as well. But you were talking about this acronym about road games, and I hadn't heard this before, but R-O-A-D actually stands for something. What is it? Everything stands for something. It's just whether we tell you or not. And you told us um, this, so we can talk about it. No, it was it. I talked about it in a post-game press conference because they asked about this stretch that we've been on with a lot of road games. Six of eight. R, R is ready. And that's the most important thing whatsoever. Uh, it, it, you have to be ready, and that's with a capital R, and it's also with a lowercase r. And so the difference is, you know, capital R is more, you know, globally, are you, are you ready? Like, are you alert? 
Are you with it? You know, can you do what's required in that moment? Lowercase r is all the different examples of readiness. Um, for instance, a shot goes up, are you ready to, to block your guy out? Are you ready on an out-of-bounds play to defeat the screen? Um, so that is non-negotiable. If you're not ready, you go on the road, you are going to get punched in the mouth, and it's going to be a long, long game. Um, the O is one mission. If you go on the road and you have anything other than one common goal, and even one or two percent of your energy is, is mental energy is directed in any other way, you got no chance. Um, a is attack mode. You absolutely have to be um, an aggressor. And again, that's easier said than done, you know, when you go to a place like UConn, because they're going to be an aggressor too. Um, but you can't tiptoe into any venue in the Big East um, and think that you can just maybe ask nicely to take a win. It just doesn't work that way. And then the D is that defensive identity. You know, you, you can't go on the road with the mentality of, hey, we're just going to focus on offense and try to score more points than whatever they score. Um, that, that, that's not going to work. That doesn't work on the road. You have to be able to get crucial stops. Um, you've got to be able to, you know, go on a run in that game that is created through your defense. Uh, and if you look at the road wins we've had, that's, that's been a good formula for us. I was listening to a podcast this morning, Field of 68, and on it, John Fanta, who covers the Big East pretty, pretty well, I mean, he's locked into a lot of things that go on in this conference, said that there is bad blood between your program and Dan Hurley's program. Is that true? That's absolutely not true. Uh, I, I'm a big fan of John Fanta, but I would say he's wrong about that, at least from our side. You know, I can't really speak for the UConn side. We've got incredible respect for those guys. I've got incredible respect for Dan Hurley. Um, you know, I think that the most impressive thing that they did last year was they lost five out of six Big East games in January, and they were able to stay connected enough and stay um, committed to their way enough to go have a phenomenal rest of the regular season and then win the national championship. And I respect the heck out of that because that says something about their culture and their character. I think I don't know what John was talking about in that particular situation. I think when we uh, played them in the Big East tournament, um, you know, like any other team or coach, you know, we certainly utilize things sometimes that are said and, um, you know, use that for motivation. But uh, for stand, bad blood, absolutely not. I, I don't think we have bad blood with – uh, anyone we play, that's maybe something that, that fans get excited about. We just want to win. We just want to beat them. So what, what do you down to. so what do you expect from the Stan Hurley squad this year? Well, I mean, what we've seen all year, they've been in, extremely connected. Um, you know, I told the guys today, uh, you know, take our team, put our team aside for a second. They do a phenomenal job of EGBs. They give each other incredible energy. Uh, you won't see more high fives. Again, put our team aside for a second from any team uh, in the country uh, out besides them. And so people say, well, what does that have to do with basketball? They're connected. They're very, very connected. They have a common cause. Um, they have incredible belief, for sure. Um, they've, they've built a group that is a combination of older guys that, that have a level of toughness, and then they have... Um, a freshman and a sophomore who are both going to play in the NBA for a long, long time, and they'll both probably be picked um, in the first, I don't know, 15 picks in the NBA draft. So that helps 
as well. I think Coach, Coach Hurley and his staff, they do a phenomenal job on both ends of the floor preparation-wise. Um, and, again, they have an expectation in that program going back many, many years of winning. How about the battle inside? Obviously, we have loved the evolution of Oso. We've talked about it, but he will have his hands full if he has to defend a guy like Donovan Klingon one-on-one. We've seen what he can do in previous matchups. Is there any value in having faced a guy like Edie earlier this season where he's a big post presence Absolutely. As well? Yeah, absolutely. There's value in all the experiences that Oso, Ben, and anyone else we throw out there to guard those guys. I mean, our guards will have to guard those guys too because we – end up switching a lot we end up rotating a lot so um you know shawnee's here in the back about to come on with you there was a great play last year where yeah everybody round of applause for shawnee we're excited excited that he's here but you, you guys remember the play last year at, at home where they lobbed the ball up to donovan Klingon and sean uh you know demonstrated athleticism that only he has um, and, you know, giving up the height that he gives up to Clint, you know, jumped up and got his hands on that basketball. So we're going to have to play with a level of energy and toughness and aggressiveness, regardless of who's matched up to him, because he is a heck of a player. One of the fun facts that the Marquette program shared with us about Sean was that he can do a backflip. And it said, it might surprise you. I said, well, anybody who's seen his athleticism on the court knows that yeah, it's not a surprise. Yeah, Sean's a different type of athlete. I mean, there's... There's athletic guys, and then there's, there's you know, guys like Sean Jones that just move different. Um, and he is, he's really like, you know, one big muscle. Uh, he doesn't have, you know, much on his body besides that. Um, and, you know, we're, we're super excited that he's gotten past surgery and he's working towards the rehab process and getting better and better. Okay, Marquette wrapping up its run of six of eight games on the road at number one UConn on Saturday. It's the second time Marquette will play the top-ranked team in the land this season. Sean Jones is going to come up and join us in just a few minutes. Stick around. We are live at Motor Bar and Restaurant for Marquette Thursdays at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Tonight's Marquette Player Interview is brought to you by Wintrust, Wisconsin's bank, the official banking partner of Marquette University and home to Marquette Checking with free ATMs nationwide. Sean Jones, wide open three, good! I called it! Somebody hit a three. Yep. Sean Jones, he's going to try another, another one. three, good again! Wow! Oh, he's Sean Jones is going to have to attack Dodd. Step back three, oh, Wow! Baby. How about that? That's the best play he's had all year. 13 to shoot, Sean Jones on a drive in the lane to the basket with the left hand. Got it. Scores! in a foul. He put on a show again. 40 seconds left. Sean Jones open three. Good. Wow. He hit Dude, it. That's, that's big he there. Huge. Sean Jones. Jones. Talk about stepping up in a big moment. And we are so happy to be joined this evening by Sean Jones. Guys, how great is it to see Sean Jones here at Marquette Thursday? It's good to see a smile on your face as well, big guy. Uh, so I think the first thing we want to talk about, obviously, you had this injury. It's season-ending about a month or so ago. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Uh, nice to see all the Marquette faces today. And just trying to keep smiles on my face. Everybody around me smiling, so I've been all right. I know the injury was tough for you. Um, probably haven't rewatched it very much. But a few weeks ago, you were cleared to travel with the team. What did that mean to you? Um, honestly, it just... 
got me out the room. I had been in a hotel room for about a week, then in my bedroom for about another week. So I was just excited. You know, I had been watching the team on TV, so I was just excited to go back, watch it live, watch everything live, go through the process that we go through on the road, and just be with the team. Sean Jones hanging out with us here at Motor Bar and Restaurant. What do you hope your impact on the team is right now? Um, I, I just, well, I know for a fact, I don't want to say I hope. Um, I know for a fact they feel my spirit every day, uh, continue to make people laugh, and that they feel my presence when I'm around. So one of the things that Shaka Smart talked to us about was win anyway. It sort of felt like that Butler game was a win anyway sort of game. What does win anyway mean to you and your teammates? To me and my teammates, it means regardless of circumstance. So, um, you know, like, if, we're, if our shot's not falling in the game or it just feels like nothing's going right for us, you know, try and come together and figure out what we need to do to make sure we win anyway. And that's not even just on the court at all the time. You know, if you're going through something off the court, do what you need to do to make it go better for yourself and win at the end of everything. So there is a very big game coming up for Marquette on Saturday. A lot of people will be paying attention to number one UConn versus number four Marquette. I know you guys don't get super into the ratings, but for fans, this is a huge, huge deal. Give me your scouting report on UConn. What do you see when you watch film? Um, I mean, they're, for first, they're a great team. You know, they've been a great team for two years straight. Um, they have always have great personnel. You know, they recruit well, so they have what pieces that they need to continue to be as good as they want to be, or as good as they are. Um, what pops out is like their togetherness, as Coach was just talking about. He said, besides from us, they give the most EGBs as a team in the country, and that really pops out when they're playing well and when they're not playing well. They're a very together team. They got athletes across the board. They got good side, positional size at every position, and you know they get downhill well. They run their offense to a T, and play defense well. Clinging in the middle, you know they do the drop coverage very, very well, and then they bring Sampson off the bench. He does a great job as well. So it's a good all-around team. This guy likes talking X's and O's, as we can hear, guys, here uh, at Motor Bar and Restaurant. We talked about the presence inside and, and Oso and Ben Gold and what they need to do in order to combat that. How impressed have you been with Oso's evolution? Um, I mean, it's been very impressive, you know, since I've been here. I've known Oso is a great guy, a great player, and for everybody else to see that, what he's done in the past has been great. Sean, I got a little coughing attack that's coming on here. <laughs> Excuse me. I saw on social media a couple of nicknames of a couple of you guys. I saw the magician for Tyler Kolick, and I saw the voice for Oso. You know what those are, what those are based on? What did you say Oso's nickname was? The magician and the voice. I like the magician for Kolick. The voice... I guess you could give Oso the voice, you know, because he, he's a very vocal leader. Um, he gets he gets his point across all the time. But I, that's a usual nickname. I haven't heard much of that around a locker room towards Oso, but I, I get it. I get it. I think I saw it on the social media pages, so we'll have to check and see what the origin of that is. Speaking of origins, I've seen some videos of you when you were in, like, third grade playing basketball, highlight reels. Where did those come from? Who was posting those on social media and on the Internet? Um, a lot of the time, my mom, you know, when I, I don't even remember when, but I think it was my third grade year. I was just playing, playing AAU basketball, and she just picked up her camera and started recording. What was the reason she did that? What did she see in you at that time that she thought, ah, I might want to record this, I might want to remember this? My mom's a real basketball head, so I think 
She just wanted to review review it like as a film thing, you know, show me what I was doing wrong or doing right even at that early age. And then she began to just share it with my family members and then eventually started posting on like Facebook and stuff. Are you trying to tell me you were doing film study when you were in third grade? My mom was, yeah. She's a real basketball head, so. <laughs> <laughs> Is that where your love of the game comes from? Yes. Um, when I was like... First few years, my mom had me when she was in college, so I spent my first um, few years on on the campus as well. So I would travel with the team and stuff like that. For yeah, I traveled with the team for two years. I'd be at the practice and stuff, which I don't remember, but I was there, so it was running through me. Yeah, basketball. That's amazing. I had no idea that that was your earliest experience with basketball. Did you know at that young age that this would be in your future, or did it take you some time to kind of warm up to the sport? Uh, it honestly took me some time, but it was still early. Like I try, I played a few other sports before basketball. Like I mean, I'm, probably every kid played t-ball. I started out with t-ball, and then the next year I played um, baseball, and then I, I played football. And this was all early. I played t-ball when I was like four, and I was five, and then I went on the football. Then I started playing basketball about six, six, seven. Those videos, do you ever go back and watch them? Are they something you pull up on your phone to kind of see your start in this sport that obviously has given you so much? Um, probably not as much as I should. You know, I rarely go back to like the third grade days. I really don't remember much from them, but I definitely remember, well, what I do remember is the team I play with, because we were real competitive. We traveled across the country all the time to play. Um, I remember all those guys. So. I got. I remember the memories from them, but I don't really go look at the basketball. I look at the off-court stuff and think about that. And then I get to uh, speaking to those guys from back home. That's the best thing about it for me. We talk all the time about how everyone's journey has some sort of adversity. You are obviously going through some right now. What's the best advice you've been given for handling this phase of your story? Um, honestly, to embrace, just embrace it, embrace what's going on, and then to... Uh, let my emotions be what they are, feel them, um, go through with them, just come to work every day, do what I can to improve myself and just stay with it. What has being a part of the Marquette basketball team meant to you? Um, I mean, it's meant everything since I got here day one, you know, when you come here day one. Um, if you don't know, most of us, well, almost all of us come here today. come here either a few days before we graduate or like the day after we graduate. Mm. So. You know, it's a quick turnaround, but, you know, they embrace you as soon as you get here. and You get accustomed to how everything goes here really quickly. So, you know, if you if you go to a place where you're embraced and they allow you to be yourself, or if you're not being yourself that much, they try and bring it out of you. You know, you just grow to love it. And, I mean, all of, most of us, we went to a Marquette game before we committed, and we just fell in love with the experience we had. So. I've been had a, a high level of love for the school. We are so thrilled that you are a part of this program. I have this list of fun facts for all the players that give it to me every single week. And yours says that if you were not playing basketball, you'd be playing football. You obviously must have loved it if you thought that's your backup plan for playing high-level basketball. What position did you play in football, and what attracted you to that sport? Um, I played receiver for a lot of my years, and I played a, a little bit, a, a few years of running back as well. Um, what really was my love for football was it was just an easier recess sport to play than basketball because not too many of us were like last six, six, seven. Not too many of us were any good at basketball, but we could pick up the football, throw it to each other, run around chasing each other, and all my cousins played, so I, my mom just put me in one year and I, I started loving it. 
I love that. Your athleticism is always on full display on the court. I'm sure that benefited you in those playground football games as well. All right, let's project out a little bit. What does your team need to do? What does Marquette need to do to get the win this weekend and then continue clicking off those wins in the rest of the Big East schedule? Um, I say for the most part, what we need to do is be us, you know, not try, not try to play too crazy into um, what UConn's doing, be us. You know, play, they got to beat us, not just go in there trying hardest to beat them, cancel out what they do well and stuff like that. Well, we want to take away what they do well, but our best, our best advantage is being ourselves and uh, focusing on what we do well. All right, guys, he is Sean Jones. We are so thrilled that he is joining us here on Marquette Thursdays at Motor Bar and Restaurant. Sean, I can tell you, every person in this room is rooting for you to come back and cannot wait until you get back out on the court. Thank you. All right, we'll take a break here from Marquette Thursdays, guys. I want to tell you about the Wisconsin Department of Transportation. Don't wreck a great time at the game. The Marquette Golden Eagles remind you to drive sober or get pulled over. Visit zeroinwisconsin.gov to learn more. Zero in Wisconsin, together we can save lives. Wisconsin DOT. We roll on with Shaka Smart right after this. Only four home games remain in the season, and two are already sold out. Secure your tickets for next Wednesday's game against DePaul and February 28th against Providence today to see the number four ranked Golden Eagles in action. For more information or to buy tickets, visit gomarquette.com backslash tickets or email us at athletics at marquette.edu. We are back here at Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum for Marquette Thursdays. Pleased to be rejoined by Shaka Smart. Shaka, it was great chatting with Sean, and he's so it's so great to have him with the team. Yeah. What sort of energy does he bring when he's there? Oh, he's unique. I mean, he, he first of all, he's faster than anybody. So, <laughs> you know, when the game is going full court, he, he gets, can't keep him out of the paint. Um, and defensively, we call him a havoc wreaker because he can really, really get after the basketball and, and uh, wreak havoc for the other team's offense. He was really starting to kind of come into his own and play well, um, you know, those two or three games before that first Butler game, you know, where he got hurt. And that's, you know, what was so tough, you know, to, to see because uh, as a sophomore, he was really starting to gain a comfort level. And if you remember, I mean, he was one of the guys that was in the game a lot at the end of the game, you know, even though he wasn't starting because – he was just impacting the game in a lot of ways. So, you know, now he's got a, a rehab process to go through. But the good thing is he knows that he's got us behind him. We love him. We got his back. Um, you know, and, and, and we believe he's going to come back stronger than ever. Let's talk about Tyler Kolick, who seems to have hit another level. I'm not sure how many levels this kid has. But 635 assists, he is now second all-time at Marquette behind Tony Miller in that category. He's also second in the nation, averaging 7.4 per game. Is that sustainable? Is this clip that he's on right now where he's got, you know, 30-plus points and 27 points and 27, is that sustainable for Tyler at this stage of the game? Well, I think that it's absolutely sustainable for him to play at the level he's playing. Um, but statistically, again, we talked about this uh, from, from the last game against Butler, sometimes it's relative to how the other team is guarding you. So, for instance, in that Butler game, I believe he shot 21 times. Um, it's just not always going to be that, you know, in that game, the reason he shot so much is because they didn't help as much. Um, in other games, there's going to be a lot of help uh, off of uh, shooters, guys like Jop and Cam and Ben 
And so Tyler's as good as anybody there is at finding those guys. And in those games, it maybe it's more like 10 or 12 shot attempts, but now he's up there 10, 12, 14 assists. Uh, by the way, have you seen Tony Miller's assist? No, it's like 900 and something. It's ridiculous. So Tyler at 635 being second, that tells you how far out there that record. I don't know if that record will ever be brought. I mean, you never say never, but that is a, is a ridiculous number. Let's talk about some other potential accolades because there has been talk of Stevie Mitchell and Oso Iguodaro being in a defensive player of the year conversation. Stevie in particular, he's so good out there. The energy he brings, how he hustles back down court to make plays. Make a case for him as defensive player of the year. Well, I don't think that he gets as much respect as he deserves uh, outside of you know, our, our, our Marquette family, our fans, and, and our team on defense. Same thing with Oso. Those guys are, you can't put a value on how, um, you know, powerful, powerfully they impact that end of the floor. Stevie is, is such a domino because you can put him on the other team's best guard, and he's going to take on that challenge in a major way. And then he plays with such toughness and fight. Every game, he gets his hands on the basketball. He was, again, the deflection champion for our team on Tuesday night. Uh, and then Oso, he's like our defensive quarterback because he directs everything. He's very good at switching when necessary. He's really, really smart. He understands angles. So, you know, to me, those guys are as good defensively as anyone in the country. But, you know, when those types of votes occur, you can't vote for your own players. And so... Uh, I guess we just need to keep you know, winning and, and doing better and better to you know, get the attention of other coaches. We'll buy a billboard in New York or something like that, put it up and make sure that they know about these guys. The thing about those guys is, you know, it's interesting. Uh, if you ask those guys which one is better, each guy would say the other guy. Uh, and that's the dynamic that they have and how unselfish they are. Uh, but they're, they're just playing to win. They're not really caught up in the accolades. They just want to make their team win. And lastly for you, Ben Gold. We saw him again contributing in that game. The cleanup on Stevie Mitchell miss in the second half. I believe it put Mark up by 12. Just how important has he been, and will he be this weekend at UConn? I love Benny Gold. I, I mean, he's – somebody asked me in the back who my favorite player was, and I couldn't Ooh, really answer. It's like a uh, kid. Exactly. Uh, but – uh, and Zora's my favorite child. We only have one. But uh, Benny Gold is—he just—he's getting better and better and better. Um, you know, I think this Butler game was one of the best games he played. Um, and the exciting thing is, he's gaining confidence. Um, he's capable of way, way more uh, long term as a player, and it's just a matter of time as he continues to gain confidence. I'm trying to get him to understand. You could be every bit as good as this guy or this guy or this guy that's maybe a year or two older than you, uh, including Oso, in time. Uh, but, you know, it, it's, it's, things don't always happen exactly when you want them to, but they always happen on time. And Benny is, uh, you know, he's coming up big for us. We're going to need him on Saturday. And I tell you, you can actually see him gaining confidence game by game, sometimes half by half. Like, it's been really awesome to watch as yeah, a I mean, fan. If you don't like Ben Gold, then there's something wrong with you. <laughs> the guy is just a, he's a wonderful young man. He has a great energy emanating from him. And uh, we're really grateful that. He's part of our team all the way from New Zealand. All right, Coach, we're going to let you go. Continue preparing for that big game this weekend. Thank you again for hanging out with us here on Marquette Thursdays. We'll see you. Thank you.
That's Shaka Smart. We'll take a break. Come right back and wrap up the show live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum. Big thanks to Shaka Smart and Sean Jones for hanging out with us here at Motor Bar and Restaurant for Marquette Thursdays. Do you know that there have been four top five matchups in the NCAA in basketball this year and that your Marquette Golden Eagles have been in three of them? Of course, we're talking about when they faced Kansas and when they faced Purdue. And the third one, of course, is that big UConn game this weekend. It is at 2 o'clock on Fox. It is a huge game. There will be major implications in the Big East and, of course, UConn in a very tough stretch of games for them. So we will certainly be pulling for a big Marquette victory on Saturday when they take on the number one team in the country, UConn. Thanks for hanging out with us, guys. Have a great one. We'll see you again next week. has been Marquette Thursdays, live from Motor Bar and Restaurant at the Harley-Davidson Museum on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network from Learfield. Brought to you by Marquette Athletics Champion Partners, Aurora Healthcare, helping you to live fully, Pepsi, and Trust, Wisconsin's Bank, the official bank of Marquette. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation on the Marquette University Golden Eagles Sports Network.